Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is KJ Blattenbauer, an award-winning publicist with nearly 25 years of experience. She helps small businesses and brands get more coverage, clicks, and customers. She's the author of the best-selling PR guide, How to Be a Media Darling. Her work has been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneurs on Fire, PR Daily, Inc., Business Insider, Fast Company, and tons more. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, KJ. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So we don't want to waste any time. We want to just dig right in. Okay, so of course, we all want our products and our service and our brand to be featured in all the major publications. So make the magic happen for us, KJ. No, I'm teasing, <laughs> right? No, like, shoot, gotta get to work. Okay, so seriously, how can we boost our positioning and our message so we come off appealing and newsworthy even though we, we don't even have a large audience? There's so many things right there to unpack. We could probably spend hours just talking about what you just said in that one sentence. But the first thing to remember is it doesn't matter how many fans or followers you have. Those numbers that people talk about on social media and their followings and their platform, and it is such nonsense. I am so tired of hearing it. It is hogwash. The main thing is, look, whether you have 20 followers or you have 20,000 followers, you want 19 of them if you have 20 or at least 19,000 to be doing what you're asking them to do. You want to have a movement and it doesn't matter how big that movement is. Like it could be a tiny drop in a bucket or it could be a tsunami off the coast of China. Like you really need to focus on what your message is. Are you clearly communicating to your target customer in a way that they can understand? Not in a way that you think makes you sound smart or in a way that makes you think you sound important or in a way that makes you sound like you're a boss babe. It's what is your customer target customer's problem? How are you solving that? Gotcha. And it starts with everything from what you're pitching to how you are describing yourself in your social media bios. Because let's just back up right there. Instagram bios are the bane of my existence. And I don't even look at people's feeds anywhere. Right. I am now picking apart. I'm silently judging your Instagram bio. Like, right. <laughs> Somewhere, some Instagram expert told people, you have to say your bio is, you are doing this for who you're doing it for and why you're doing it for. And then you have to have a call to action for your click. And people are big fluffy words and they're like, I create memories for moms. So you're a maternity <laughs> photographer? Right, a photographer, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, like I have to get out a map and I'm Indiana Jones and I have to find the treasure. And it's just tell me what you do. Right. And everyone's a business strategist. And I don't even know, business is such a vague term and strategist is such a vague term. So you're the vaguest of the vague. Like, mm-hmm. what are you? 
help me out here. So it's really getting clear on who your target audience is, what pain point you can solve, and then clearly communicating that to them because you're going to use a hundred word bio, or I call it an elevator speech. You're going to use your elevator speech in your pitches. You're going to use it in your bios. You're going to use it when you talk to people at networking events, you're going to constantly use that. It's really honing down two or three sentences that you can repeat in 30 seconds or less that tell people who you are, why you're here, why they should be interested and what problem you solve. And then it's being clear on where do you want to appear? There are so many people, one of the first questions I ask to judge, again, I'm a judger. Mm -hmm. One of the first questions I ask clients when they come to me or potential clients is where do you want to appear? And nine times out of 10 people will be like, my dream is to be on Oprah. And I don't think that a huge majority of the world knows that Oprah hasn't had a show for over a decade. (laughs) I was thinking to myself like (laughs) Oprah and you're like, she has her soul Sundays, but you're selling a tech product. She's right. How is that going to help people be soulful on a Sunday? Right. But, and also her magazine. Oh, you want to be in one of her favorite things. So does everyone else that has a thing in the world. What makes you think different? It's cool to say you're an Oprah. It's awesome to have that on your website, but is your target audience reading, watching, listening to anything Oprah does? If not, it's reassessing those. So I think it's getting clear on your messaging, especially what your bio is going to be. I think it's getting clear on where you really need to appear. If your target audience is not reading, watching, or listening to it, it is a waste of your time to be pitching and trying to get yourself in those publications, on those podcasts, on that on that television station, because what you're really doing is it's becoming an ego thing, a vanity thing. It's not a making business money thing. I think that's important to do. So once you've ironed out who your target audience is, how you can solve their pain point and clearly communicate that to them with your elevator speech, you've identified what they're reading, watching, and listening to. It's time to start pitching those people. And if you want to dip your toe into that, you sign up for helperreporter.com. It's called Haro, H-A-R-O, and for people in the business. But you just go to helpreporter.com. You sign up as a source. You pick the free option. You don't need to do a paid option. You do a free option. And then three times a day in a variety of industries, it sends you requests from reporters on demand who literally want you to just answer their one question, exactly how they can copy and paste it into their article or use it in their podcast segment, use it in a TV segment, and they'll have a click back link to your website they'll maybe show a product or service for you it's could not be easier to get a placement now there are probably hundreds of thousands of people trying to get the same I was like how do you stand out (laughs) well because your product stands out but you also stay on top of it like I'm in the central time zone Haro comes out in the morning I immediately look at it Haro comes out in the afternoon I immediately look to see if there's anything that benefits me or my clients Haro comes out at night immediately look at it. If you just set a timer for when Haro comes in your time zone, it's a quick scan through one email. You're either going to know yes or no. And then if you have your elevator speech, it's as easy as copying and pasting your elevator speech in there. It is literally less than five minutes a day exercise. No excuse to not be doing Haro. So I, I think outside of that, it's pitching yourself, right? You've already identified what are my target customers reading, watching, listening to reach out to those people, tell them why you're great. Tell them that you love listening to their podcast. You know, you can instant value, drop in your elevator speech. Here's some things I think we could talk about and have three titles for show topics that they could talk about. If it was a podcast, say thank you, because it's always good to leave them with grace and then leave your full name, a phone number, an email, and one of your social handles so they can stalk you. And it's, (laughs) it's literally that easy to pitch. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, now it's so important because you're talking about the elevator speech and our elevator pitch. We, of course, need to have that. And so many people, just like you were talking about before, the bio. Now, what is actually, give us a quick example. Give us a quick example of a good one that's going to make you stand out. Because, of course, everybody has a pitch. What makes your pitch 
better. I don't think there's the be all end all for pitching. And I would challenge any publicist that came on here and was like, this is what the best pitch is hands down because it's who you're appealing to. It's when you're catching a reporter, but it's just clearly communicating what you do. None of us have time. None of us have the attention span to be reading a ton of things. We have a million things coming at us. Can you describe what you do in one sentence that benefits your target audience? Then you're golden. That's the way to do it. Even listening to you read back my bio when you're introducing me, I'm like, "Mm, that's getting a little bit long. I could shorten that. I wish I had switched out the places that I had been featured. It's always funny to me when my book is referred to as best-selling because I never set up to do that with a book. So it's, oh, that's fun. So there's always things you hear back, but it's draft, brainstorm your bio or your elevator pitch, write it down, have someone else read it to you that has no skin in the game and really listen like your target audience. Is that how you want people to see, hear and think about you or your brand? If it's not, you better rewrite it. And if it is, you're golden and run with it. And these things are going to change all the time. I probably update my bio every couple of months just because I see things or there's new things or there's new press that I'm proud of, or I add another thing that I do to my jack of all trades. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You literally are a jack of all trades. Guys, let me just let you know, she has got the most beautiful dress line that you've ever seen because it's full of color and like right now we need color now i'm not gonna lie i am a black dress wearing girl but but i have to say kj you have beautiful colors that really just accent any skin tone it's just beautiful bright colors and i just love that so guys you definitely have to check her out kj give us your handle well i appreciate it it's vivan joe so on social media it's at v-i-e-v-e a-N-D-J-O. And to look at my website, it's brightprettydresses.com. See guys, look, I'm not playing. Not only is she a PR master, she knows how to dress you so you can go and go be on the next cover of Vogue or Forbes or wherever your people are. But yeah, so let's keep on getting into this. KJ, tell us what are the, one of the greatest mistakes the entrepreneurs making? Oh, the greatest mistakes I see them making. I see them not trying. That's the biggest mistake. And that really breaks my heart. So many of us think that we can put our blood, sweat, and tears into a course or a coaching business or a a retail brick and mortar store, a t-shirt shop, a podcast. We can write a book. We think we put everything into that. We never think about what comes next, how we're going to launch that. Like you can't just hang up a sign at a brick and mortar store and think people are going to come. You know, like you, you really can't build it and then they will come. You have to get their attention, even for your target market. It could be the hottest. I'm in Dallas right now. It is hot. I could open up an ice cream stand on the busiest street corner. And if it just had a picture of ice cream, I would get some people. But if I promoted the crap out of my ice cream and I had a fun social media page and I was reaching out to the local media about how it was a grand opening and it's mom and pop store and blow Here's the best ways for ice cream. And here's the hottest flavors. And random questions that customers ask me all the time. If I use those as pitches, more people are going to come to my ice cream store. But I think too many people are either in love with the idea of saying they're an entrepreneur or in love with the idea of saying they're a boss babe, or they have a business. They don't really put the effort into promoting that. Mm-hmm. Like they promote that they're a boss babe. I wish they put the same effort into promoting their product or service. We are all raised that we can't, I don't care where you're from. We're all raised where it's wrong to promote yourself. Well, it's braggy. It's no, it's not. You're sharing something you love with people because you're proud of it. And the people that you're sharing it with should be your target audience. 
So they're going to be interested in it. What is the harm in that? Right. I had a client say the other day, well, I don't want to send out too many emails a month because I don't want to bug my list. The whole reason people are on your email list is so you can bug them. They want to be aware. And FYI, sending four emails a month is not bugging anybody. And if right. it is, they shouldn't be. So say goodbye to them. Exactly. So I think that's the biggest mistake. They don't even try. There's no trying. They're so afraid of failing or they're so worried about being a braggart or they're shy and they think they're introverted, but really they're not. People need to promote things. I think the second mistake is that they're not clear on their messaging. It is really an issue, especially in the digital space. So many people saying the same thing that means nothing, Mm -hmm. that they can't differentiate themselves. And I'm not saying that you have to be crazy good at, like you don't have to think of the unicorn bio. You just have to clearly communicate it in a way that your audience wants to hear it. I'd say the other biggest mistake they don't pitch. They're afraid to pitch. They're afraid people are going to say no. They're worried about how to do it. They're worried about format. They get lost in all the details. You just, it's just an email to people. They're either going to respond or they're not going to respond. And if they don't respond, forward on your original email. And where it says FWD in the subject line, because you're forwarding on an email, place it with follow up gotcha. and just put follow up same. And then in that, in the body of the, fo- the forwarded message, just write hello that you're reaching out to really want to follow up on this. I think it's going to be a great interest to your audience. Love to talk to you more about product service brand. Please let me know what's a good time for you. Thank you. And just follow up with people. I have been pitching for more than two decades. I get responses on my first response because I've built up a network. Right. I get more, I probably get 75% response rate on my follow-up because people get busy. Even on your busiest day, you want to respond to someone and it slips nowhere in your inbox. But that forward follow-up trick it catches their attention and it says follow-up. It means in their head, they're like, wait, have we already had a conversation? Did I already agree to something? I better click on that. Right. You know? So it's almost like word trickery without being sleazy. It works every time, but I have a lot of people, I have been pitching a source at AARP of all publications, which really? is an amazing publication. I've been pitching a source at AARP for three years because my client really wants to be an AARP. And it's a stretch to be in there, but she really wants it. I have been pitching a source for three years. They have never responded to me. I know because I'm crazy and I track response rates and right. retention. Um, wow, emails, that's they've great. never responded. But I follow up. I pitch them Tuesday. I follow up Thursday. I follow up on the same pitch the following Tuesday. I give them Thursday. I might take a week off. I'm going to revisit this with a different pitch and a different angle because my client wants to be in there. It is important to them. There, It is a stretch, but they could be in there. And until that person files a restraining order for stalking, <laughs> responsibly tell me that they're not the person or says, please stop sending me emails. I want to opt out from your list. There's no reason for me to stop reaching out. Right. They haven't said no and actually knows the best answer because it tells you, okay, no, this person's not interested or no, this is the wrong person. I can go to the right person. So no is kind of, you. if you don't get a yes, you want to know because living in this AARP purgatory has not been fun for me. Okay, so you've mentioned that you keep, that you're tracking it. And you're, so what are you mm-hmm. using? What type of software? What do you use to track I, who you've contacted to follow up? I have a special PR database that is ridiculously expensive a month. So I'm not going to name drop it here because mm-hmm. I don't need to sign up for it. Because you should be a PR agent or PR agency with multiple clients before you invest in this software. But you can use things like, I think it's Get Bananas or even just regular message receipts on your okay. emails to know that people are, clicking, reading, watching, doing whatever. There's other software out there. I think there's one like probably that sort of thing. I I just, in this day and age where you can Google and get anyone's information for free, 
I don't think that you should pay for, I think this is paying for media lists is a no, no, because by the time you pay for it and download it, the people have changed. I think it's just looking to see, okay, if you want to be on Buzzfeed, who's been covering your industry on Buzzfeed? Who's written recent articles about them? Google your industry. Look, if you're all about adding, if you're a sex coach, Google sex, and then go to the news tab and Google, loosely Google sex, right? Because that can really go on a rabbit hole. Exactly. (laughs) You just, you type in, type in sex coach in the Google bar. And then across the top where it says all images, shopping, there'll be a news tab, click the news tab. Those are, that's your media list right there. Who's covered sex coach topics or related topics in the past six to nine months? What's their outlet? What's the reporter's name? Google for their contact information. If it's not readily in that article, you have started to build an email list and you don't need to have an email list that's 250 contacts. You can start with five. You can start with 10, you can start with 25. How many are you really going to reach out to and follow up with? Right. Because you're going to have to stay on them. So it's that simple to find an email list and then you can just track using good old Outlook read receipts. Right. Man, that's awesome. Just to be able to, just thinking like that, to go on and actually go in under news, because I'm not going to lie to you. I never search under news. I just don't pull up that tab. I don't ever necessarily just go in and say, let me look at the latest news on this. It's definitely new to me. And wow, I'm glad you said that. That's really huge. I'm wondering what our audience is thinking, because sometimes I feel like people hold back about being authentic because we're afraid that we're going to say the wrong thing or we're going to come off offensive to someone. So I'm interested to know what the audience is thinking. This is our interactive segment. So if you're listening in real time, I want you to go to the IG stories on the Total Fit Boss Chick IG page and um, click into the stories. And we're going to have this poll question listed. Are you sometimes afraid of saying or posting the wrong thing? So if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Check back the IG highlights and you'll be able to see the responses to the poll questions and you see the results. So if that's the case, KJ, what do we do when we actually have a PR crisis? Say we're out there and we're being authentic and we were maybe a little too authentic and we may have said something controversial or something that was offensive. What do we do when we actually mess up and have a PR crisis? True PR crises are few and far between. It might feel like the end of the world as you are in it. You are never going to end up the bane of someone's existence. No one's going to pitchfork and have flames outside your home for being authentic. It is when you are not authentic to attract the wrong people, you are going to get yourself in hot water. There is a quote that I love and it loosely to paraphrase, it goes something like you want the crowd to clap or you want them to boo but boredom is your worst enemy with everything you post, with everything you put out there, with your products, your service, it should be, if you're a coach or you are your brand, then you better be you and you better be authentic about it. You can't be faking it because people can smell fake. They know when things aren't authentic. They even know when you say I'm being authentic, that it's such a hollow word now, thanks to like the influencer culture and a lot of the gurus online that have let the true color show, especially this year. Right. Um, But you want to, speak to your target customer only. You want to attract those people and the people who aren't for you that aren't interested in your products or service that don't aren't buying what you're selling. You want to repel those people. And if you're repelling those people, but you're attracting people that know you come from a a place of sales as a service, that you're there to serve them, that you want to be helpful, you know, that you would invite them in on your couch and have a cup of tea and be like, friend, how can I help you? Let's make your life better. Those people aren't going to turn on you. 
It is when you are acting one way and not truly being that person that you misspeak, that you misstep, that you say things where you're like, well, if you look at people like Jenna Kutcher, Mm-hmm. Do I think Jenna Kutcher is a racist? I don't know. That could be a rabbit hole we could go down for forever. But she paints this picture perfect th- life of how she has it all together. And even her mood board is skin. Her mood board that talks about skin colors was branded to her brand colors. And it just was all kinds of wrong because mm-hmm. she's trying too hard. She's not being her authentic self. Her authentic self would have been like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I want to walk beside you. Let me, let's have an open dialogue not hide from it. I'm an expert. Everyone learns from me. Gotcha. You know, like you can't, if you're not the expert on that issue, you can't be that expert. You know, yeah, you don't be it. Be, don't try. The same thing can be said for Rachel Hollis right now, who mm-hmm. I would say is in a PR crisis and doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Or I don't think she knows it. Right. Everything she does makes me think she doesn't know it. Like girl, read the room. That should be her next book. <laughs> but you have to surround yourself with the right people. You have to have, you don't always have to have a PR expert, but you should have a general understanding of you can tell that Rachel doesn't surround herself with the right people. You can tell she doesn't have a general understanding. You can tell that she is stumbling and keeps falling, but she misspoke on Black Lives Matter. Then she built this empire about authenticity and being your best friend, but she refuses to call her followers her friends, which is weird. Like you can't build a community and act like you're my friend, but then call me a stranger on the internet. That's cold. That's inviting me in and then slamming the door in my face when I get closer. But so yeah, she that's, a, that's a, that would suck. Come her, on in. <laughs> Her and her husband built a whole um, brand on perfect marriage, perfect life, perfect mom. And now you see she doesn't really spend that much time with her kids. And I'm not mom shaming anyone. I want to be very clear. I am not a mom. It is one of the hardest jobs. I'm not mom shaming anyone. Yeah, I am. And and it's forget a mom shame. It's you do you the best you that you could be. Yeah. Keep going. It's okay. You are a puppy mom. So you're you're feeling it. (laughs) But I am showing you the, I'm not just showing you picture perfect photos of my dogs being perfect. I'm showing you all of the shit that goes with having a dog right. and like how I haven't slept and I have circles on my eyes and they just chew to everything because I turn my eyes for two seconds and I have to bribe them with treats. I'm the worst dog mom that everyone probably judges and it's fine. But with <laughs> Rachel, she built her brand on being the perfect mom, the perfect entrepreneur who never fails, who gets everything, who does all the things, who works out all the time, who thinks you can, she, then she started to cash in with her husband on the perfect marriage. You can't lie to people and tell them to hang in on their marriages when for two years, you're not even living with your husband and you're going through the hard times and then you break up and a month later announce you didn't see it coming and you have a book about not seeing it coming. Honey, you initiated this. Like divorce doesn't just pop up overnight if you haven't been together for two years. That is the wrong way to go about things. And there's nothing wrong with life making you pivot. And there's nothing wrong with changing your path or deciding one month you want to do this, announcing it to the world, and then changing in the next month. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's, you got to be honest about it, right? Right. Come into the world as you are, be unapologetically. You don't have to have a perfect Instagram feed. We don't all have our shit together. And I think the second that we are all ready to admit that and get rid of this, I've built an empire, nothing touches me, I'm making $10,000 before I get out of bed in the morning. As soon as we let all that BS go, we're all going to be better off. Oh, yeah. I could not agree with you more because it honestly, it makes you physically sick because you're living a lie. You're putting that out there. And when you're pitching that, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're pitching that, is that not obvious? To, because they get pitches all the time. And so they know yeah. they're this isn't real. Yeah. If I showed up today and I was like, 
I'm showing up. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm probably talking too fast. I probably need to rein it in. I got a million things going on in my head because I just want to share everything I can with your viewers. No, and I, I want you to. I'm appreciating it. Bring it on. <laughs> if I showed up and I was like, oh, hey, Brittany, I don't understand why people don't get PR. I don't understand why they don't buy my services. And I'm not answering your questions and the mood is so blah. And you're just like, holy cow, get this woman off the thing. Right. People can tell. If your heart's not in it, People can tell and they can tell in your pitches. They can tell in your writing. They can tell in your posts. They can tell. So just let them all in. I'm not saying you have to tell everyone, every skeleton that's in your closet. I'm just saying that you have to show up. And if you make a misstep, the first thing that you do is you, what you do, what you would do if you hurt a friend, you'd step back and you'd be like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing was hurting you. Or I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. And then you apologize because what people love more than anything Look at Tiger Woods. People love a comeback more than anything. They love to see people fall from on high. Let's not be honest. We love a good crash and burn because it reminds us that even our idols are human. It reminds us that we might not be as successful as we want to be, but everybody has missteps. But then the second that you apologize for what you've done wrong and you are sincere and you are authentic in that apology, people love a good comeback because we want to know that everyone can get up and try again. And tomorrow is a new day. So yeah. if you find yourself where you feel like you're in a PR crisis, stop, take 10 deep breaths, assess the situation. It's like triage. If your son or daughter <laughs> gets hurt or husband gets cut, you're like, okay, do we need stitches? Do we need a bandaid? Do we need any sporin? Let's clean this off. Let's, you know, it's like an assembly line of fixing it. Stop, take a deep breath. Remind yourself this too shall pass. Nothing's going to sink your brand. And just keep it moving. Apologize yeah. authentically. If you should apologize, if you're not in the wrong say you're not in the wrong. You, you can look at what another person that's in PR crisis right now is Ellen and she let it go on for too long. There's two sides to every story, right? Yeah. There's yeah. Ellen and I don't know. And I'm not here to judge it because Hey, right. you know, there's the people yeah. sides of the story. And then there's the truth, which right. is somewhere in the middle. And we'll probably never know the truth. We'll hear all sides, but Ellen let so much time go where she just let people run their mouth because she thought, Oh, my reputation's so good. I'm not gonna have to worry about it. No. If people are going to throw a parade to run you out of town, you jump in front of that parade. Don't make it a bigger deal than it is, but just be like, this was one employee and we had a bad issue. If that's what it was, I'm not really sure what Ellen's situation, but is, but if like you have one employee running their mouth on Yelp and writing bad things, right. Be like, I'm sorry that you were an employee and your employment was terminated, but whatever. Or maybe it's a legal issue and you have to get the lawyers involved. But I really think it, look, if someone came out and said, I hate working with KJ, she's a horrible person. I can't stand this. And they were blabbing to television outlets you better bet that KJ would be in front of television outlets being like, look, have I always been a leader I'm proud of? No. But what this person is accusing me of, did I do it? I absolutely did not. Look, here's the situation. I'm sure we've all had a culture where we're like, wish I could have taken that back. You know, that wasn't my finest moment, but I'm human. I'm doing the best I can. And moving forward, that's never going to happen again. And if you want to hold me accountable to make sure it never happens again, walk along with me. I think- That could have helped ease a lot of things for Ellen early on. And she just let it go. So it's letting it go, thinking it's going to go away. It's not showing up as your authentic self. And it's pretending to be something that you're not. That's going to put you right in hot water. So just don't do those things. And if you do make a misstep, apologize. I think that just saying walk along with me is huge. Hey, I messed up. You want to walk along with me and help keep me straight? I love that. I love that invitation. KJ, what is it that you wish that everybody knew about PR? Now, you gave us a lot. If it was a perfect picture, so you told us about getting our elevator speech together. Can you just sum this whole thing up, recap it, and just tell us everything that you wish 
that we would know about PR? I wish everyone knew that PR was free. It is literally a free way to promote and advertise your brand that costs you nothing except your time. And I'm not saying that, but my time is worth money. Don't come at me with that. It, you, can, you need to promote your business or you're not going to have a business. So PR is a free way to get out there and promote your business. And all it takes is for you to sit down and have an honest conversation about who my target customer is, how I'm serving them, what are their pain points, how can I clearly communicate that in a way that a second grader could understand, that my grandma could understand, that's free of jargon. And then I need to take the time to research the media outlets my people are reading, watching, listening to, contacts there, and then pitching myself. It sounds like a lot of steps. It's so easy once you start doing it. And as soon as the anxiety of sending a fr your first couple pitches goes, because at the end, you're not asking people to marry you. You're asking them to promote your business. And every time they promote your business, you're going to see money. Who doesn't like money? Send PR pitches. Exactly. Okay. You have dropped some bombs. You've dropped the mic. You've dropped everything else. And we appreciate it. Now, you have so much more to give. And I, you do, because I have heard you like, just like just spit out so much game and like you've done here. I want everybody to know that KJ's book is available on Amazon right now. Go grab her book, how to be a media darling. It's on Amazon. Go and grab it because she's got plenty of nuggets in there that you need to go and get. You may be driving, you may be doing laundry or doing something while you're listening if you did not take notes you can go back re-listen and go and get that book go and get kj's book she spent time on that book she's got 25 years of experience that she's been able to capsulize into a book so guys definitely do that we aren't done with you yet kj <laughs> so give us a bit more this is the part where we're giving back. Mentoring Moments is a part of the show that I love, that we go deeper. It comes from more or less your opinion and just you being able to mentor somebody else. Same amount of access. So I'm gonna ask you a question and you just give me your just honest thoughts. Now, obviously you don't know what I'm gonna ask you. So whatever comes to your head first is what we wanna hear. Right. <laughs> okay, all right. So what would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? Oh, I think I would have, I think I would have opted out of the PR space faster. I think I would have embraced dresses sooner, but I have been a PR girl for so long and have always been known as the PR girl and I love it mm -hmm. and I'm real good at it. And I would hate to abandon any of my clients, but I think I would have, I would have spread my wings faster to try what my second act is earlier. Mm -hmm. That's I think nice. just like people are afraid to pitch, I was afraid of what people would think if I tried to put a product out there. Cause I've been a service-based business person my entire career. I'm 41. Right. It's kind of hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but an old dog can learn new tricks. So what actually gave you like that kick in the pants or kick in the dress, <laughs> right? Um, I hate pants. That was it. I've always changed clothes that I've had. Nothing has ever like my body's not weird, but women's clothes are traditionally made by men. They have no idea how women's clothes fit. I was in a meeting from my major league baseball clients and I had to give a presentation and it was literally two minutes before the meeting when I realized, and I had to fly to this meeting. So I had to come dressed, ready to go to this meeting. And I had to go to a baseball game after then I had a client dinner after that, like all these weird things where you would not wear the same outfit. And I had found a dress 
had all my accessories to switch up. I was walking into this meeting where I was going to be presenting in front of a room full of old white dudes. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. I'm the only female. I'm way younger than them all by at least a decade. I'm standing in front of this room and I realize that the screen where the projector is, where I'm going to have to point at a presentation is above me. So I will have to lift my arms. And when I lift my arms, because the dress I have chosen to wear is made by a dude, I'm going to show everyone the business and not the business I want to get that day. (laughs) It was that. And then trying to shop for just a variety of other things where I realized, okay, I'm at the time in my mid thirties, I don't want to dress like I'm just living the leaving the Las Vegas strip. It's not even called age appropriate. It's just called body appropriate. I don't need to offend anybody, but also I want to be comfortable and I'm tired of why don't things have pockets? I hate strapless bras. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And so I was having a discussion with my husband about it one day and it was, if money was no object, what would you do? And I just squeaked out in like the mousiest voice. I'd make dresses what? So he was the kick in the pants because he has never let me forget the one thing I admitted that I was embarrassed even admit I wanted to do because I was so worried about how everyone would judge me. One, if it didn't become real or two, if it did become real and I did it, or I was not, I'm not what you would consider a fashionista. The fact that I have a fashion line is humorous, I'm sure to everyone I went to high school with, (laughs) but my, my husband's been the kick in the pants for it. Even on the hard days, he's super supportive of it. And even on the days where I have self-pity, he's not going to let me wallow in it. Like it's moving forward. And it's been a huge learning curve, one, to go from service to product, but also an industry you know nothing about where I'm not trained. I couldn't sew a button before I started this endeavor. I saved that for my mom. So she'd know that I loved her by bringing (laughs) home all my clothes that need a button sewn on them. Yeah, I did too. (laughs) How mom knows you care. It's one thing to admit what you want to do. It's the next thing to act on it. It's to overcome all the self-doubts of I'm too old to start over. I'm too, I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't my industry. This is hard. It's overcoming all those things. It's having a hype man in your corner. And my hype man is my husband. He is the kick in the pants because I refuse to wear pants. You know what? I, I think that this is beautiful because basically guys, what KJ just did was give you a part of a pitch. I didn't, she didn't know that just happens to be a part of our segment, but what she did was she went authentic and she was telling you, she was telling us all her story and she was telling us why she decided to change and why she decided to pivot out of a business that she had been so familiar with for so long to totally do something out of the box. And to step out in in faith and in hope and in excitement, because I know this whole thing has, I'm sure has its ups and downs because what you've been so used to, then you've got, oh my gosh, all of this unknown. So KJ, thank you for not only giving us a mentoring moment, but you also gave us an example of what it would look like to give a story for a pitch. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to help. (laughs) That is good stuff. Hey, I know everybody wants to know how to get in touch with you. So please let everybody know how they can find you. You can find me almost every day on Instagram at kjblattenbauer. And that's K-J-B-L-A-T-E-N-B-A-U-E-R. And my dress line is, again, Vivian Joe. So it's at V-I-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O or brightprettydresses.com. KJ, thank you so much. You are such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for having me. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.